Welcome to Planet Raconteur, where we who tell stories rule this world. I am Yuck Nasty, and I am your guide into our world that's filled with sights and sounds, both wonderful and frightening. Frightening. Filled with sights and sounds, both wonderful and frightening. The God Switch. A shoebox-sized apparatus arrived at the doorstep of every household on Earth on an average Tuesday. Initially, no one knew where the mystery devices came from or their cryptic purpose. It was a simple little box with a rocker switch on the top. A rudimentary note was included which explained that instructions would follow. Fearing it was some sort of explosive device, many of the recipients were understandably scared. Once word got out that every known residence in the area received one, it became even more frightening. News reports eventually verified the exact same thing had happened in other places. It was a worldwide phenomenon. Who could arrange such a global thing? No one. The unspoken implications were huge. People examined their switch box from all sides and shook them gently or tapped the sides. But they didn't dare flip the switch itself. That would have been decisive and irreversible. Better safe than sorry. Information and instructions arrived just as promised and written in the mother tongue of the recipient. The text was easy to understand, but the reason for the device and its mass dissemination was still an enigma. More specifically, who or what could do such a thing? Even before the instructions came, they came to be known by many as the God Box. What being could make billions of these strange things and distribute them to every single doorstep undetected? The idea of a non-terrestrial object made people very uncomfortable, but it was apparently a divine gift. One didn't neglect the impact of such a magnificent thing. They were revered, showcased and displayed in the people's homes like prize trophies, from lean-to to palatial mansion spread. The recipients kept their switch box on hand for when its purpose finally came clear. When the instructions did appear, it raised a lot more questions than it solved. The box you received is a gift of change from your creator. With it, you possess the life-changing power to alter the world dramatically with a simple, voluntary flip of a switch on the top. If activated, every single man, woman, and child on Earth will be granted true and absolute equality in the truest sense of the word. No person will be hungry or poor. No person will be famous or wealthy. Intelligence, beauty, 
and creativity will be the exact same for all of humanity. The switch works only one time. The change it brings is not reversible. The choice to achieve true equality among yourselves or leave things as they are is in your individual hands. People were dumbfounded. They were startled and frightened at the ominous implications. On the surface, it sounded like an amazing opportunity to elevate the world and unify it to true equality. But it would also lead to a number of drastic changes. Human beings were used to the idea of allowing fate or the Almighty to decide things for them. The non-believers had always taken matters in their own hands, but now faced with irrefutable evidence of a supernatural being, they too had their doubts about what to do. Underneath it all, there's a certain level of subconscious ambition that every person has inside. Even if they wanted to make life better for the disadvantaged and poor, they also desire to rise above their own caster station in life to achieve greatness. That wasn't possible in a world where there are no famous or wealthy people. It challenged the expectations of ego, pride, and individuality. It was a much tougher decision than it seemed to many. Life was so much easier when someone or something else was driving. There was even a level of resentment for being given the awesome power to decide our own fates. In light of the ambiguities, no one rushed to flip the switch. Even the downtrodden and poorest of the poor hoped to better themselves, and that wasn't possible if everyone was going to be exactly the same. Equality is relative to what standard it's based upon. It wasn't even clear what the parameters of the decision was. Did it require a majority to decide with flipping the equality switch? Was a unanimous decision necessary or nothing for anyone? Did individual circumstances change for those who voted for true equality while those who abstained remained as they were? Which member of the family would decide for the rest of them? There was no place to clarify or ask follow-up questions. It wasn't even clear if there was a time limit on how long the people could wait to make their weighty decisions. That amount of genuine personal freedom was terrifying. Committees were formed. Political action groups tried to sway people for or against flipping the switch. Indecision led to frustration. No one wanted to go first. The edict had been clear enough about the decision not being reversible. Anger rose and tensions grew. Well-meaning, civic-minded people encouraged everyone to do the right thing for humanity. Meanwhile, the famous and wealthy captains of industry lobbied against the switch. Even those with a firm grip on their opinions were temporarily swayed by compelling arguments for or against. Would the milestone of there being no lows in life make up for the lack of highs? Eventually, the mere idea of deciding the future fate of the world became traumatic. In the end, every single person on Earth decided to leave things as they were. Every single one. Not one person flipped the God switch. 
whether that was anchored in the universal desire to excel and succeed or just a nagging fear of changing the status quo was hard to say. Perhaps it was a little of both, but it was a wise decision. The God Switch was an Armageddon trigger. Those seeking true equality would have received it in the universal equality of death. We hope you just enjoyed the God Switch, read by Bobby Anthem. Our next story is entitled King of the Hill by author Joachim Hendermans and read by Papa Dave Sincere. Robots rule. This is King of the Hill by Joachim Hendermans. I am the last, the final combatant. The Megabomb DDX incinerated most of Army 1 and Army 2 at Impact Point Bravo during the initial strike. The remaining forces dwindled not long after from artillery fire and direct combat. No sign of any survivors from either faction, human or techno or otherwise. Complete, mutually assured destruction of both parties. One final scan of the terrain as I traverse the burnt ruins and the field of bodies left in the wake of the battle. Colors have faded. The air is polluted with dust, metallic residue, and radium. The soil will be poisoned for many years to come. There is nothing of value to any organic intelligent creature, and it is all mine. I, Army One Machine Combat Unit 055472, and the last. I have no previous record of an MCU ever coming out of a war as the sole victor. All victory points, accolades, and spoils go to me. The first MCU in this war, no, in the history of man, to be king of the hill. Glory to me, the MCU. <coughs> a cough, weak and blocked by a mount of dirt. A hand protrudes out from underneath a heap of rubble and latches onto the dead soil, palm first, to push a crumbled mess of a human out with all the strength it can muster. The subject is male, mid-twenties of age at initial assessment. He collapses before he can pull himself completely free from his entrapment. I grasp him by the scruff of his jacket and hoist him up out of the dirt. A howl of pain escapes him as a mixture of dirt and rock scrape against his open wounds. With panic gasps, he catches his breath, expelling out massive spurts of dirt from his lungs with heavy coughs. Weakened but alive, he lies there in the dust, still clinging on to life. I scan the fingerprints, confirming the identity of the survivor 
as I commence a basic medical. Please help. The soldier, Army One human combatant Zephyr H, groans at my feet. With his broken fingers turned black from the scorch of the blast, he grasps onto my feet. His eyes are singed to a crisp. So it was by sound alone that he knew I had been there, walking through the ruins. My medical scan concludes with a schematic of his status. Broken femurs, shattered clavicles, phalanges in the hands turned to brittle shards. Broken. On the other hand, all his internal organs are functioning properly with healthy amounts of activity in the brain and heart. Youth and proper maintenance of his physique have saved him from death. With swift and proper medical assistance, he will survive. Crippled for life, even with major prosthetic work required, should he wish to regain any mobility and quality of life. But a survivor, nonetheless. The last human on the battleground. And winner by default, as the last surviving human combatant. I fire one 88 millimeter round through his cranium. All brain activity ceases as it is now scattered across the dirt. Flatline, the body slumps down. His grip on my leg goes limp. I am the last, all points to me Glory to the MCU, the King of the Hill. And our last story of the night teaches us that love truly knows no boundaries, no matter what. Planet Raconteur is proud to present to you Broken Home by G. Allen Wilbanks. Broken Home by G. Allen Wilbanks. Paula arched her back almost to the point of falling over, turning her face to the sky. The hood of her puffy coat slipped back onto her shoulders as she dodged awkwardly left and right, opening her mouth wide and sticking out her tongue to chase the snowflakes fluttering around her. <laughs> her father stood silently nearby, hands in his pockets, a small smile of bemusement tugging at his lips. Catching another flake, Paula laughed in childish glee, her eyes shining with pleasure. She spun to face her father in triumph, shouting, Got another one! <laughs> he nodded his encouragement. At last, tiring of the game, Paula pulled her hood back over her head and blew out a long breath. She watched it fog in the air in front of her and then swirl and dissipate in the wind. Her cheeks and nose were a cherry red from the cold air on her skin and it gave her a cherubic appearance. What makes it snow? 
She asked her father, holding her mittened hands in front of her and staring at the white flakes sticking to the red fuzzy fabric. Snow is just rain, kiddo. Only it's too cold for the rain to stay water, so it freezes into snow. Snow and rain are the same thing? Is that true? It's true, he assured her. Paula continued to look doubtful. It is, I promise. I'm not lying to you. Paula nodded, seeming to accept her father's assurance. But then her expression turned oddly serious. Okay, since you're not lying to me, can I ask another question? Of course. And you'll tell me the truth? If I answer your question, I will tell you the truth. Paula inhaled and blew out another frosty breath. Why did you leave me and Mommy? She watched her father's face closely as he considered the question. With a wisdom far beyond her actual age, Paula remained silent and waited, seeming to sense he would not answer if she pushed too hard. After a long moment, I didn't want to, but Mommy made me go. Paula nodded, as if the answer did not surprise her. Then, why did you come back? I didn't want to leave you alone. And I didn't want you to think I had just abandoned you. Will you leave again? Eventually, I have to. I can't stay forever. When? She stepped closer to her father and reached out one hand, waving it back and forth. She watched the red mitten pass through her father's chest from one side of his body to the other. Her father smiled at her unrestrained curiosity and did not move away. After your mother pays for murdering me, the end. Well, there you go. Another trip to Planet Raconteur. On behalf of myself and our other two fine raconteurs, Papa Dave and Bobby Anthem, we would like to thank you for listening. All of the stories presented on Planet Raconteur are used by permission or are in the public domain. Check out the show notes for the details on the authors, their websites, and their other releases. Hey, much love, and thanks again for visiting the Planet Raconteur.